0: Welcome to the VRV Podcast, where we highlight different veteran-owned businesses and nonprofits. Hey everybody, it's Justin Clark here, and I've got another awesome guest here to help out veterans and entrepreneurs. I've got Justin on with the Charge Forward coming out of Austin, Texas. So Justin, thanks for coming on with us, brother. So good to see you, and thanks for being part of the VRV. So please tell us a bit about yourself and uh, your military history, brother.
1: Sure. Thanks. Well, first off, thank you, Justin. We have to have, get to have that Justin to Justin connection, which will be fun.
0: Sweet um, game.
1: Thanks for having me on here. And I uh, absolutely love what you're doing. I love the veterans, referring veterans. I myself, uh, have having been in business now for a few years, I'm really uh, familiar with the idea of referral network marketing. And so it's awesome that there's a resource out there like yours, specifically to help veterans help each other, and which is part of the community, which is part of the the whole reason that being a veteran carries a little bit of weight to it because you're part of that community. It's like being an alumni at a prestigious university or um, you know, a, rotary clubs things like that things that you're a right. part of that because you were in it like you get a little bit of clarity it's like what i think the best way to pro- provide if you see two motorcyclists passing each other on the road and they all give each other that wave like they're in the club <laughs> they don't know each other at all but they're in the club together right and so um, yeah. that's awesome so anyway thank you for for having me on and yeah, um to to answer uh, your question so what i uh currently performing as now is a a certified high performance coach And in a nutshell, what that means is that I work with my clients, be it that they're a small business owner or an entrepreneur, uh, business executive or nonprofit, whoever it is, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, uh, you could range from, you know, all the way up to a Fortune 500 to, you know, stay at home parent. You know, it's really kind of everything in between. It's really what do you want to get out of um, out of life and how can we get there? Um, And so if we take it back from that um, to kind of go back to the initial question you asked, tell me about your military experience. Um, I uh, went right straight from high school into uh, you know an ROTC program in college. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Army ROTC. They, I'll be fully a, all up front. They paid for it. Uh, they paid for me to go to school, which is the reason I took it. I was never uh, growing up like this. I wish I could say that now. I was just gung ho, like military. God bless America. Right? Which obviously, obviously very pro America, but the military was never like, when I was growing up, I was reading all these war books and stuff and into it. Um, But they did pay for school, gave me the opportunity to kind of go and go through that education process, which I'm thankful for. And the thing I'm most thankful for is because it then did propel me into active duty, because I was the kind of college student, which would probably 99% of college students that really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So plugging me into an opportunity where you're kind of forced to become a leader and learn your craft and get things done was really helpful. So I always, I'm talking to young people, I think joining the military is one of the best things that they can do if it's something that they have a stomach for. Because yeah, um, yeah. you and I both know that there are still, certainly there's a machine to it and it can spit, you know, chew you up and spit you out if you <laughs> don't take it seriously, give it the proper level of seriousness it needs to have. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, certainly you can have a lot of fun, but it's a serious thing and it's an important thing and it's awesome for, for people to be able to do that. So, um, I, I went in as a uh, logistics officer. Uh, I, uh, personally I find numbers very easy. I've always was really just naturally gifted with math. It was just kind of things that, that made sense to me. Um, I'm not like I I wasn't like a, like mathematician education wise, but when I came across math problems, it was easy for me to solve. Um, uh, so I thought logistics was a perfect fit for me. You know, being in that quartermaster and transportation Corps, moving equipment from here to there, keeping track of it, things like that made sense for me.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: naturally, you know, go to that, uh, the, the quartermaster Corps, or what they, at the time, I mean, this was back in 2008, I guess they were really starting to really combine that and just make it the logistics core. Um, so I get trained in all the logistics operations, and wouldn't you know it, they put me on active duty with, um, as the executive officer of the Intel company in the division headquarters of One IT <laughs> Fort Riley.
0: Oh, Fort <laughs> so, Riley.
1: Yeah. So and right. so and which was you know coming from I'm from Austin, Texas originally, so I'm kind of a city slicker. Um, yeah. In some regards, although I always lived in kind of the suburbs area, uh, or kind of out outskirts of the city, but, you know, close enough to it. Then going to the middle of, I think, I don't know this for sure, but, you know, basically it's about the geographic center of the country. Not a whole lot going on there. If you've been to Fort Riley, I know that, uh, you're out in Colorado Springs, so it's not too right. far from, from where you're at, right. um, but um, the one thing you initially notice is that things are a lot greener than they are down here in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like they've been getting a lot more water and seasons and things like that.
0: Um, So
1: a little isolated, uh, you know, like I said, never really, um, I'll be honest in my, my RC career, uh, you know, go through and you learn the troop leading procedures and things like that. And kind of the little bits of terminology and rank structure here, things like that, do some, you know, some, what they would call labs where you run through and, uh, kind of play soldier a little bit and kind of learn those basic FM seven dash eight stuff. Um, it's not at all in a, a representation of what active duty is like, So <laughs> what it, what the dynamics are between enlisted and officers. And so you kind of have to learn that. At least I did. Uh, I yeah. was not not as prepared for that. If I was the way I kind of looked at it, it's like they picked me up off the street and gave me a uniform and put me in charge. Um, <laughs> so uh, so but. That said, I absolutely loved my experience when, you know, once you kind of go through those growing pains of kind of learning how it works, Um, did things from, you know, the XO uh, time, worked in an S3 operation for the battalion uh, that was over the division headquarters. So, um, you know, I would I was like a lieutenant and, you know, in my company was the commanding general. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're kind of r- running the administrative and the deployment operations for that element. So, you know, did my did my one all expense paid vacation to Iraq, you know, right out the gate, like four months in, yeah. go on there and, and support them to uh, to Basra during uh, you know, Iraqi freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when we came back, uh, transitioned and took a company command within the same element for the headquarters and support company. So at this time, I would be, you know, a captain. And again, the lowest ranking officer in my company. Um, (laughs) And so I had a very unique experience. I don't think that there's a lot of people that go through their uh, military careers quite the way that I did.
0: Most of my line
1: operations were in support of other line units. So it would just be like, go run a range, go help them coordinate this convoy or whatever it is. But I was never like a line commander um, or platoon leader or anything like that. So I had a very unique experience. Um, Most of my experience was much more political and relationship and back to that networking, being able to get resources from people. People from all different shapes and sizes, and you know, even though we're all wearing the same uniform, you know that you know there's different personality types. People have their different lanes that they're in, things that are important to them, and how yeah, to bridge yeah. those gaps. Kind of the way that I was able to succeed in that. Um, yeah. So go ahead. would you have a question?
0: Oh no, I was just saying with the uh, with I was just having this conversation with uh, Jason Mann, the e resource coach. Um, how you know with with the military, how you've got people from all over the country, and all of a sudden, bam, you guys are all smashed together you got to figure out the mission and you got to figure out each other of who fits, where's these puzzle pieces fitting. And it always, you know, it always ends up working out great. And, um, you know, it's, and it's it doesn't really matter cool. how
1: much you like them, you know, like, you, there. No. I mean, how many times did you run across somebody who was just a total jerk? Somebody you would <laughs> never want to know, but, You were in this, again, you wore the same uniform, so we're kind of part of the same, it's like family, right? Like, I don't have to get along with family, but they're family, right? And you kind of, you take care of them Um, and they take care of you, you know, and that's the way it works. And so that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, uh, So it's pretty awesome.
0: Uh,
1: So I know that was a very like brief overview and kind of, there's a lot in between. I did about five years total. Okay. Uh, of active duty. And again, never really was like, I'm going to be like, I don't want to, I'm not going to go for being a career soldier. Um, this is not, that wasn't my calling. Although mm-hmm. again, I look back fondly on my time and I learned a lot and grew a lot personally right. and professionally through that process. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, right around, let's see, this would have been 2013. Um, when I got out, you know, there was obviously a continued drawdown effort through, you know, drawing down Iraq, drawing down Afghanistan, Staying on active duty um, was going to be a little bit more challenging in staying that support anyway and extending. And technically, through my entire active duty experience, I was a National Guard officer, but I was on active duty the whole time in support. I wanted to be on active duty, so I said, "Yeah, yeah, just let me be operational support. So I never drilled. I never saw somebody physically from my National Guard unit. Um, so like literally like I was on active duty the whole time the only time I ever communicated with somebody if there was some kind of administrative snafu or whatever which was bound to happen given that I was never physically there Uh, and so it was like in order to stay on active duty if I wanted to transition that I was going to have to get like signatures from people that I'd never met had Mm -hmm. never performed for and it was just gonna be all this big thing and I never really wanted to do that Um, had been married for a few years so we were thinking about you know Let's go somewhere where we can really establish ourselves, maybe start our family, things like that. Um, So we just just like, look, I'm not going to fight this. I'll separate now um, (laughs) and and get out. And I was way prepared because I thought I was going to get out a year earlier. So I spent a lot of time preparing for transition, Um, working on resume, how to deliver that message, what was important to me, what did I want to go do. So when it came time to go do those things, I was actually probably more prepared than most people that are getting out. Right. Uh, so this is a big part of my program and we'll kind of come back to this, but I don't know what your separation experience is like, but I've talked to a lot of people and most of them, I go, what was your separation
0: Yeah. <laughs> time yeah has, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, within the big quotations, because it's really like, you don't have the time to do that process. Maybe sometimes they release you a couple months out and, or if you have like a ton of like terminal leave coming up, like you can kind of back it up a little bit and get a, that extra time. But yeah. in general, especially on the enlisted side, they're getting released with just a short amount of time to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I went through a couple different phases where they were, you know, the whole Terra things, where they were like, "All right, this block of people that are fitting in with these specs, um, you know, they do everything from your, whatever your previous ratings were to time and service, blah blah blah." So everybody was on the chopping block, and you know, everybody's in freakout mode. Mine was i got med boarded i got med boarded what just uh, like 16 year mark i came down with um a couple things a couple of issues that i've got and um because i I actually i lost my fingers in iraq on my birthday in in 2004 and i fought the med board process then and i was an f-16 mechanic so it was hard because they're like you lost your fingers you can't you're a mechanic you know how the heck are you gonna do this and Long story short, I ended up fighting. I ended up winning. I ended up staying in, stayed in. That was in 2004. I didn't retire until uh, September of 2015. Well, I got med retired. But that whole process with the med retirement was still hard, but I knew it was coming. So it took me uh, from start to finish within a year so we could prep a little bit to the extent. But at the same time, it was like... What am I doing when I get out of the military? Because I'm not all I know is aircraft. You know, I mm-hmm. who's going to hire me with missing fingers? You know, right? So it was kind of crazy. But um, yeah, before I get into all that, but um, no, 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 and anyways, that's a
1: that's a perfect kind of segue into I went I went through a similar thing. Is that I actually spent time focusing on even though at the like for the majority of my last year I was still in company command.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: for an element that was supporting, I was, it was a rear detachment command, um, but it was for the division headquarters. So I still had like 200 soldiers that I was responsible for, plus supporting operations to and from Afghanistan. So bringing soldiers back, putting them out there, moving equipment back and forth. So we still had a lot of things that we were doing. Um, That said, I prepared for that transition Mm -hmm. and went and go, you know, resume, how to go find a job, what kinds of jobs will make sense for you um, reading those books, like what colors your parachute. Now they have kind of a, um, uh, a, a veteran, uh, uh, comparison to that, which is called out of uniform written by Tom Wolf, which is a fantastic resource for anybody. I've spoken with Tom. He's an awesome guy. Um, I highly recommend that for any soldier getting in just to kind of go through that book and go through the thought process that he has in there. Um, and it's really just about, try to figure out what's really important to you and how can you translate that skill that you do have into that. Um, And what are the some things you can do to kind of mitigate and figure out? Because what happened to me was I was like, well, Hey, I was trained in logistics and this is what I really like to do. And I really want to do that. And the little bit I got to do through my experience, but you know, doing deployment operations and things like that, I was kind of gung ho for it. Um, So I really tailored myself as a logistician and somebody who could move equipment or, you know, what I ended up doing was I found my way into distribution management uh, with Pier One Imports. Oh,
0: really? um,
1: and so they have a distribution center up in uh, Mansfield, which is in the DFW area, um, which I was like, perfect, right? I went to school in Fort Worth. So I'd be right there, um, right in an area that I was forming. Um, you know, they'd be filling orders. It's all retail logistics, which is its own monster, as I turned, as I found out. Um, but what I think a lot of people, when they get out, and they find out that, uh, what they did in the military, even if they find kind of a direct correlation to what they want to do, um, it's a little different when you're not wearing the uniform. Yeah. Uh, it, You know, when you're serving the military, regardless of what, whether it's your mechanic, uh, medic, or your uh, project management engineer, whatever it is, you're all wearing the same uniform and you all have the same common goal, same mission that you are serving. It's a bigger, it's a bigger greater mission. Right. When you go do that same job, In the civilian sector, it's for somebody else's corporate stock rate, right? It's a little bit different, right? So turning wrenches when it's, you know, to support a uh, deploying element that's going to go do a mission is awesome. But turning wrenches so that, you know, this guy's garage makes a little bit more money (laughs) (laughs) is a little bit different. Now, that's not to say that it's not great to work in a garage or do what you you find passionate, but it's really difficult. It's a different spin on it. Right, and, and
0: there, I don't know if there's not, I, I, you know, maybe that's a lot of thing that's like with veterans, and I think this is where you come in a bit too. Um, they don't have that big purpose, that big picture, you know, mm-hmm. that they're really seeing before. Now it's everything slimmed down, where before anything on the news can affect you, like like really affect you, totally totally change up the game, where it can't for anybody. But military's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, having you, you just—it's it, hard to kind of find your purpose once again. Yeah. And a lot of these guys, when they're getting out, where am I doing? Where am I going? And um, and yeah, so it—it it, it is a different ball game. There's not as the camaraderie isn't there, and that's you know kind of one of the reasons why I started up this whole VRV is I miss that camaraderie. I was, you know, I was like thinking coworkers helping each other out, and a lot of them do. But there's a lot that are, you know, man, they'll run you over quick. There's there's yeah. a lot that'll. It's a a machine,
1: like and and like I said, uh, most people in general uh, that are in the U.S. military, at least, are going to do at least four years of active duty. In general, you know, maybe you have a medical situation or something happen um, that changes that, but you're going to do at least four years, probably closer to eight, um, or you're going to go, you know, like yourself, fifteen, twenty years.
0: Yeah. And
1: even at just the if we just cut it off at four years, officer or enlisted, like you have been in that thing for, for years at this point, even though like we all went to you know high school or whatever, we all had a little bit of time before we were in the, mm-hmm. the military. So you yeah. didn't completely forget it, but you're so used to this new way, this new culture that it's like moving to a completely different culture when you get out. Yeah. Um, so, um, and most, every everybody can tell you and most veterans report that their biggest issue is um, translating what their skills were to the civilian world and finding meaningful either employment or career path. Right. Uh, and, and it, You got to do what you got to do to take care of your family. So some people just take the job they can get, um, that's close enough. Um, but they're not fulfilled by it.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that's focus too. Cause there's, there's some programs that are like, Hey, put in your AFSC or put in your MOS. and This is what it translates to, but there's so many more, um, skills that you've learned in the military that you may not realize, like mm-hmm. showing up on time. <laughs> <Right>. you <know? laughs> uh, and you set
1: yourself apart. I'll be honest. I think that probably the number one thing that got me into management in the corporate world was the fact that I was able to articulate what it was like to counsel somebody through a problem
0: hey, as wow. an
1: officer. Because I was able to say, look, this is how we documented. This is what we did. If somebody was either falling short, this is how we did that. This is how we gave recognition, right? This is if somebody wasn't following their program, this is how we said, hey, all right, you got to separate out now. Um, And that was probably, I mean, when I talked about that in my interview process, I mean, I was in the room with. All these people from the corporate, and their heads all perked up, and they were all interested in this fact. And it was weird. That was not the one thing. I thought that they would care about moving the units from here to there and all this millions of dollars of equipment. And I thought they would care about that, and they were really more interested in the fact that I could tell somebody what their job was. And that's what – at least in that room, that's what it was, right? And so – um, maybe that should have been something I should have foreseen that that's what they cared about was discipline more than anything else, well, you
0: don't, uh, but that's, I think that's one thing that I think that was the, one of the biggest things. I think discipline's a really good word. Um, one of the big things that I've noticed as far as into the civilian workforce was, you know, discipline with, with employees. There's so many, like, it's, it's always like in the military, it's like, what's, what can we do the quickest way we can accomplish this task? And then you know, be done. And then what's the next thing? Here, it's like, what's the minimal I can do and get away with? And da da da. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got, like just get it done, knock it out, let's right. go. Because um, right. well, the difference
1: is, is like, what are you getting paid, right? So are you being paid by the hour? Is like, are you really incentivized to just to get the job done? And if you're salaried and you don't make overtime, right now, how are you incentivize, right? Like, so if, there's really kind of a catch twenty two. So if you are not really feeling passionate about yeah. what you do, whether that's like, again, working for somebody else, your own business, whatever it is, if you don't, aren't connected to purpose with it, you're gonna struggle. You're not right. gonna perform at your highest level. Right, um, right, And And you can even go through the process like what I did. I was prepared. I went to the place that I wanted to work. Like right. I started to find out if I wanted to go do something, I could go find it. And if yeah. you go look for it, you can find it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I went to Pier 1. I worked there really only for about eight months. Um, oh. despite the fact that this was like, I thought my dream scenario, get into management here, corporate's just a couple, few miles down the road. Like I was going to be in corporate at Pier one. That's what I wanted to do. And it really just wasn't that fit. There was just a different way that we valued people is what I found. Right. And okay. it's really, and that's why I started to learn. This is this more bottom line driven than mission driven.
0: Right. Which I think okay. there's a
1: difference right now. Yeah. Sometimes they can overlap a little bit, but I think that that's really what the core difference was. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage up here. One, I think it's a fantastic company. I know they're probably going through a hard time with everything that's got going on right now. Um, but it wasn't going to be a fit personality wise and the way that we had values. Um, and so, and I realized that again, as much as I loved the logistics, I didn't really care about it working in that corporate environment, um, the same way. Um, so (laughs) I was like, this isn't going to be a fit. So I ended up moving into, uh, recruiting. I get into recruiting for, Uh, It was a private firm that did placement, so it was like headhunting, but it was for military veterans, Um, and it was to help them find companies that were looking to hire, and we were selling companies on, here's how awesome veterans are. Here's the skills that veterans have. Yeah, they may not have your industry experience, but compared to somebody coming out of college or coming out of high school right these are people who have real experience that can get and they're willing to adapt and they will go figure it out you just got to train them how to use your tools or speak your language um and so that's the way we did that and that was that was a lot of and i loved that that was awesome um and uh i did that for a little over a year and and the reason switching as i was in a straight commissioned role it was a commission deal um but uh right around then i think that's when oil and gas really took a huge hit and regionally Mm -hmm. I was, it was an office down here in Austin and regionally we were, uh, uh, we were doing a lot of corporate, like not corporate events, but we were doing events where we would bring companies and candidates together and facilitate interviews,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Let's say this
1: company is looking for a manager or this company is looking for a mechanic. And we would bring all those people together and give them like 10 interviews like that day. Right. And they would go and rate each other. So, you know, companies would probably see about 10 to 12 candidates during the course of the day. Um, and candidates would see, you know, anywhere between, you know, three and 12 interviews, right. For the jobs that they say that they want. Right. And what seems like a match. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of fun, but because we were doing those regional events like in Austin, I had like Houston and manufacturing and all this other stuff. When oil and gas tanked, that really hit my, my customer mm. base. Um, and so as much fun as that was, I actually had a kid on the way for the first time. I was like, I can't afford to just like sit there. So I had to make that tough decision, right? Go find yeah, some employment that's going to pay the bills. Right. So I kind of got suckered into that. Um, but I, again, thankful for that experience because I think that recruiting uh, experience was what the birth of what my business is now.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: and so I, I ended up going and working for, uh, you know, it company, um, shortly after that, I was starting I, about a year into that, I was starting to go, man, I really don't like working this corporate and having to kiss people's butts. I'm not really – built for that. And I don't want to move up the chain that way. Um, I just, I'm a straight shooter. I just tell you how it is. And I didn't really have a passion for it industry. You know, it was going to take me some time if I wanted to get back into operations or logistics. And I was like, man, I don't want to do this. So I ended up working for a small business, um, here in town, that was a trade company. And if you'd have told me that I would be working in a company (laughs) where it's like CDL drivers and I would get in a truck and do that. Um, I would have told you you're crazy. Like even like probably a four weeks before I took that job, I would have told you you're crazy, but certainly not at any other point in my life. But I got to tell you, I had a blast. Right. And I loved it because I got to be the big fish in the small pond. I got to help them with marketing. I got to help them build that business to like double that business within a year. Uh Right. Go from small, like basically one truck, one van operations to like a fleet, and mm-hmm. building an operation where they were looking, they were on pace to make a million dollars when they would have been billing like
0: 300,000,
1: wow. wow. right? Like, and so like, that's what, and it was fun. It was awesome, like to get to do that and work with people that could really affect change. And that's where I found the fit for me. That's where I started to go, hey, what if I could help somebody else figure out what's really matters to them, mm-hmm. right? Because I know people that work in corporate environments and love it, right? And I know some people that love small business and I love some people who love to be a solopreneur, right? and other people who love to work in nonprofits, but how long did it take for them to find that and that's not necessarily specific to veterans a lot of people go through that that's why there's you know 18 million books on personal and professional and career development and job finding and skills and things like that but i was like man i know what the transition quote unquote process is like what if i can help someone circumvent that whole thing and just go right to the work that they love doing yeah whether that's build a business or find, their, find somebody to work with, to partner with, or find employment that they really want and be able to identify what the things are that matter to them and go find something that really fits that.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, right on.
1: And on the, on the hiring side, and I'm not a recruiter, but if I was going to go tell some, uh, like a corporate business, what if I told you not only would you get all the skills that are awesome that come with being a military veteran, um, you know, get things done, strategically think, adapt and conquer, but they came in knowing for sure they wanted to work for you, do the job that you have for them. And they want to excel at it and, and do more. Like, what if that was the case, right? Wouldn't that yeah. be beneficial for both sides? So that's what became, uh, got me into high performance coaching. Um, uh-huh. so, and, and high performance, just because I say that a lot of times, some people look at me like I got something growing out of my head. Like, what do you mean? Like, is this athletics? What is this? Um, High performance is succeeding beyond the standard uh, consistently over the long term. So I'm not looking to help someone get one project done. I'm looking to help them increase their performance so that they can sustain it and continue to build on it over time Mm -hmm. and do that without having to sacrifice their health, well-being or relationships,
0: (laughs) right? Because how many people do you
1: know are making a lot of money and they're a total jerk, (laughs)
0: <laughs> Dude, yeah that or i i see it all the time where there's these uh we we live in um we live just outside of a neighborhood that's got um they were raised differently than me but um but a lot of these kids are getting they just don't see their parents i mean the the housekeepers are picking it up from the school and stuff i'm like is that really worth it you know mm-hmm. is that money that car you're driving worth not spending the time with your kids um but I guess that's a whole different thing, yeah. but I, I, right. I like that you bring that up already. So that's awesome. Yeah. So like,
1: yeah, like, I mean, do you really want to sacrifice, you know, relationships with your kids, I mean, getting along with your spouse, right? You got married because you loved each other and now you can't stand each other, right? Because <laughs> there's all this pressure built around business and all these other things. Interests have changed, you know, learning how to re communicate with people like and, and build that so and that's important so when i'm on with someone almost every time i do an initial real session we're going to mm-hmm. talk about all the things that are important to somebody and if someone says to me yeah my my kids and my family are really important and then if we do work together and they go like 4 weeks without even bringing them up i'm going to say hey what's going on here yeah. right because i want to keep it as a holistic program it's not just Business coaching—it's not just career coaching; it's not just life coaching. It's really the whole thing because a rising tide lifts all boats, and you got to have all of that together. If I looked at every area of your life as like the spoke on a wheel, and you let one deteriorate, that's going to affect the rest of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's
1: the reason that we do it that way
0: yeah and we we actually we were just talking the other day well not you and me but another gentleman it's like um especially people that have multiple businesses that's what i found out so many so many veterans man they're like business hoarders but um
1: they're they're uh (laughs) uh, what are they uh um let's see uh serial entrepreneurs. yeah 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 (laughs) that's the word
0: but um I, I I did like the metaphor of like plates spinning on a, on like a, like a balancing stick, you know, you got to keep them plates going. Otherwise one starts to wobble, one falls down and, and yeah, you, it, there's a lot to balance with that. Um, just in the entrepreneur world with, with family. So I really appreciate that what you're doing and, and that's awesome. You brought that up. Um, that's sweet. So how long have you been doing your current business now?
1: So professionally I've been doing this since 2018. So okay. midway through 2018 is when I launched Charge Forward. I was doing my other business at the same time um, while I was building the business. I, I like to think that I've been in coaching for um, my entire professional career, being an officer and kind of moving people to to perform at a higher level than they're um, they otherwise would. You know, counseling and making sure that they are connecting with what's important to them and connecting them with the purpose of mission. Right. So I feel like I've been coaching all the way since back when I was a second Lieutenant, all through the recruiting process, right. I was coaching candidates and businesses to kind of fill their needs. Um, in small business, I was really working with clients and other uh, partners to, again, everybody kind of achieve their goals. So I really kind of feel like I've been in coaching for a long time. I feel like this is a, a natural fit for me. Yeah. Um, so I, as, a, as a sole business, I left my other business midway through last year. So I've been doing this for a little bit, almost a to- whole year, full time.
0: Wow, um, but good. I've been
1: coaching for a couple of years um, as we go through this. So I, uh, uh, yeah, and, and just absolutely love it because when I get to work with somebody, I know that we're about to change someone's life and they're going to be able to go change other people's lives. So, sure. you know, the people that I've had effect on, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. Uh, which is the, the part about it. Um, yeah. and so being able to instill that and give that gift to other people so that they can learn how to positively influence people, learn to communicate, right? Some people are just flat out scared to death to talk to somebody that you know, would theoretically be higher ranking than them.
0: Oh, right? yeah. They just won't yeah.
1: challenge anything or, or they won't make that next step because they don't feel like they're good enough. Well, what if I could give you that kind of confidence and that full engagement and that fulfillment? Right. right, what would, what will change, what would the ripple effects of that be And so that's why I love what I
0: do Yeah, dude, that's awesome So who's like, who's kind of like your target audience With all this, because it sounds like it's You could help out anybody I
1: mean yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the kind of almost the worst thing to say about it. If you get into networking and, and yeah. you know, asking for referrals, almost that's the, the kind of the worst thing to say is I can work with anybody. And I <laughs> truthfully really could. Um, where I find that I have a great fit um, are people that um, already have a small business and it's crushing them. Right. Mm. It's, and it's not that you would hourly necessarily ever admit that. But uh, a lot of people go into small business or start their own business because, again, they, they don't like the corporate environment. Yeah. Um, they're like, uh, you know, I want to be able to have a little bit more control in my life, which is awesome. I want to have the freedom. I want to make as much money as I can make, you know, and have control over that. Yeah. And then they get into small business and they get past that maybe first year where it's awesome. And we call it maybe like the plucky stage where they can kind of just make something out of nothing yeah. um, and just kind of on their own steam, make enough money to to pay the bills. And then they start realizing they're starting to scale this business. Taxes are getting involved and all this other (laughs) structure and regulation. And and all of a sudden they get back and they go, man, I was working 40 hours a week for this business that I hated. And now I'm working 80 hours a week for my own business. And I don't know what to – I got into this so I'd have more time with the kids or I'd be able to invest in this or take vacations whenever I want. And I can't do any of that because my business is controlling my life. Right. Uh, so I really fit there and um, being able to help someone really systematize and structure their business so that they can actually achieve what they want to achieve and maybe invest in more businesses or more, uh, you know, other routes that are important to them. Right. Yeah. Some people get into something because they just happen to be skilled at a certain task, say, like, they are really good with their like they're really handy. So they start like a handyman business. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have a passion for it. but They're good at it. Right. So how do you scale beyond what I like to say, being the technician to being the business owner.
0: Right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So you can build this to where now you're no longer in the business, but you're working on the business.
0: Right. And you right. can do those
1: things that you talked about. Yeah, so I absolutely. really resonate there. People who want to start a business um, and haven't quite figured that out. They don't really know what they want to do. Um, or what they would do. Um, I, I fit in that category as well, entrepreneurs. Um, and then also, I always love to say in the, in the veteran community, if there's somebody who is within a year, we'll say about a year, uh, ideally, probably I would talk to them about a year before they separate and going through that process so that they can actually transition out into a career that they're excited about.
0: See, you're the kind of person, well, kind of two things for you. One is I think you're a great asset, especially for businesses when we've got things going on like this right now. Right now we've got this whole coronavirus going on. It's it's madness for small businesses out there right now. So I think you would be a huge, huge asset for these businesses. But two... I think the TAF programs need somebody like you. You know what I mean? I'm sure you've probably heard that <laughs> I've before. been trying to get
1: into that actually recently. I actually just did a presentation up at Fort Hood
0: um, yeah.
1: with their uh, um, MEB uh, providers.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And
1: uh, so uh, I met uh, – so the OIC there is uh, mm-hmm. a major. I actually met his wife through an event, and she's an independent contractor, um, and I met her through some event and we got to talking and she told me, I kind of told her who I served and what I did. And she was like, Oh, my husband is this. Oh, we just moved from Fort Bragg and I, he does this. I'm like, man, I would love an introduction. And so he brought me in and we, we kind of started talking about how can we get soldiers going through the MEV process connected with me, um, yeah. into my program. And so I'm gonna, I'm working on, uh, publishing a new program. That's going to be equal parts self-study and equal parts online support to where if you having to start think of the rebranding of yourself and going and finding a new career, you can get yourself into this at any time. Again, ideally, hopefully a year out, but you know, as well as I do, like we talked about earlier, you might've all of a sudden had that dumped on you and you've right. got a month to go figure out where your next paycheck's coming from. And so this can support that person as well.
0: That's um, awesome.
1: So, and that's what we're working on putting that together um, so that that somebody can, um, and it won't be a, it's not going to be a nonprofit organization. So it's really going to be built for people who want to take action and are willing to invest in that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not going to be some crazy, like I got to have 50 grand to buy a franchise kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's going to be at a price point that it's because it's really individually based. Um, I don't want to be the kind of person that says, Hey, you want to build your painting business, then you got to come through my system. I, I don't know the first thing about that kind of business. And I think it's a little bit conceited for me to say that I did. But what I can mm-hmm. do is I'm really focused on helping the individual and the team perform at their highest level. And then you go figure out what works for your industry or your specialty.
0: Right, right. No, and absolutely. I can help you think through that. So. Oh, dude, that's sweet. Yeah, I, there's – we've got – so we're getting involved with uh, Fort Carson now. They reached out out here. They've got a program that's similar. So for those that don't know, TAPS is a program. Was it Transitional I think it's called something
1: else now too. It's they've yeah. got They've added but, some letters to it. So it taps was what it was. And now it's Mm -hmm. like AR taps or something. I can't, I haven't gotten the idea of what it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And there's this other brand. So like the taps itself, like when I went through was, it was good, but basically what it was, was another stepping stone I had to overcome to get my DD two fourteen and see you later, you know? And so there's, there's a, I'd say like, 75% 75% of the class, 85% of the class was just like, whatever, let's hurry up and get this done with. And same with the presenters that they were bringing in there. There's a couple good ones, but the other ones were, they were there to get a paycheck more or less. Well, you know what well, I mean? Let me,
1: Yeah, let me, let me help you. Let me support you in that. I call that <laughs> the, and look, I want to say I really value that they put together the TAPS program. Right, I think right. it's fine for what Absolutely. it is, but it's what I call the check the box program. Yes. It's yes. a program that they're providing so that they say they provide it.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: I mean, I think it's well-intentioned. I think that they are trying to put it together. But ultimately, it's not a revenue-producing program. Right. And in our market, I mean, capitalism is great, right? It drives production. But Mm -hmm. it's a a program that is a provided one. And most people, when they use a free tool, they get every penny out of it.
0: Right. Right. Right?
1: Every penny that they spent on it is about what they get out of it. Mm -hmm. so and so i think that that's a program that they should be putting people in again like 12 months to 18 months before they separate
0: you go through this
1: and take a look at it so that way you at least know that you need to think about this and then go get something that's actually serious
0: right yeah absolutely well they they there's a that other program we were kind of talking about in which the one we're going to get involved with i guess is specifically geared towards entrepreneurs um I, I don't know much too much on it, but they'd reach out saying, hey, do you want to come down here and and, and you know talk about being in the business world or whatever? And I was like, sure. Can I bring some, some of my other veteran business owners down with me? And they were all about it. So I think what we're going to start integrating is bringing down some of my VRV members that are down here that go down and talk to these guys. I, I don't know the entire process yet, but I'm glad they're kind of, opening their eyes a bit and reaching out into the local community veterans that are out there and bringing them in rather than these, I don't know where they're pulling these. I'm sure there's some good people out there. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah. oh, something I think
1: it's a well-intentioned yeah. they, like the yeah. taps and all the other programs they have. They're well-intentioned, but there's obviously something missing there. And mm-hmm. I, I agree. I will also applaud their efforts to bring people like you in to really talk about what the process actually looks like.
0: Right. Um, I mean, you got to yeah. get
1: beyond the conceptual and you got to see what are the real results.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I'd really like to, you know, be down there where we've got somebody who's actually wanting to learn and be like, hey, this is cool. They're bringing these people down here and and not being, you know, with us talking about whatever and just be like, yeah, all right, you guys got any questions? And everybody's like, no, shut up. Let's the bags packed. Let's get out of here. You know, I want to want to bring a little different element to it a little bit. So I think. Yeah. It, I think it could be fun I'm interested to see about this uh, program rather than you know I'd you
1: love to learn more about it too. I hope that you'll keep me aware of it and if there's any way that I can help support I mean we're doing everything virtually now, so there's no reason I can't support virtually if uh if somebody wants guidance uh, I like to try to be provide that as much as i can so yeah. one thing that i can I can promise for uh for for veterans that that I connect with uh whether they work with me professionally or not. I'm always going to be uh, providing supportive tools and tips and training out there. Um, Specifically this Friday, I don't know everybody's online right now, so I don't know how much uh, bandwidth people have for another zoom call um, or another webinar. uh, But on Friday at noon, and I posted this to social media, I've shared it to the veterans uh, group this morning, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about the six uh, strategies um, to a better future. Right now, there's a lot of concern going on with the coronavirus. And I know us veterans, we're kind of used to just, you know, we, we still got to work, right? Um, but if you're in the veteran space and you're a little bit more connected to the civilian community, you, you're, you might be concerned about where your next paycheck's coming from. When is the economy going to get back going? When can you get back to work? And what are some things that you can do to really set yourself up for success? And that's what we're going to talk about. The things that really do matter. We're going to break things down to its lowest level. I want to give some strategies that will really help you increase your performance, connect you back with your why and your purpose so that you can feel fully engaged and set yourself up for success whenever we come out of this. And if need be, and if it's something that somebody's interested in, if you, want to, if you need to start or replace some income, I can give you a strategy to work from your house, not, ever, not leave, and build a business that makes at least five grand a month.
0: Hmm. Sure and are. if
1: they're really motivated and they really want to work, we can talk about a ways that they can do that and in, in double or triple that number. Wow! Um, but it's got to be, you know, not everybody's got, some people just want to keep their business going and that's what this strategy is for. Um, yeah. And I'll I'll let them know on the call if they really, like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I can do. Um, we can schedule a separate opportunity for that. So if they're on that call, they'll get that opportunity um, to, get, to get some training.
0: So. so I usually push these out. So like this one, because I've got another podcast coming up on, this I launched my podcast on Sundays at seven. So this one was supposed to launch two weeks from now, but I might just pre-launch this one earlier so we can get that going with yeah. with everything you well, just said. We'll certainly
1: just share it on the social media. I will make a point to uh we'll maybe we'll do this training again in a month, but I okay. wanted to push this out. This isn't something that we had on the schedule, but because of the now we've we've finally felt it in Texas, they've got stay at home orders and mm-hmm. I know people are starting to struggle, so I wanted to push this training out. It's kind of it's kind of a pop-up training. Um, but it'll give them an introduction to what high performance is all about. And I can start giving some strategies that really move the needle. Um, and this is not like get rich quick strategies or anything like that. This is real things that really matter regardless of what stage of career you're in. Um, okay. and you can adapt them to where you're at. So it's really great for people who are looking to either replace or build a new income or they just wanting to, you know, build some more confidence and, and, and engagement while we're going through this, mm-hmm. um, but but it's really open to anybody. It's free training. Um, There's no charge to attend it. Um, I will obviously uh, offer uh, a way to connect with me if they want to afterwards, but there's no requirement for that. Um, It's just so that way um, people can get some training, get a little bit of support out there and realize that they can be okay. Um, Because the real reason for that is, and the one thing that I wanna connect with, we are going through a time that we probably haven't seen anything like this since maybe World War II where we had to make drastic changes within the country mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. get through this. Um, but what we've noticed is if you read any sales book or any business book is, or investments or money book, um, there are people that make money during the depression and there are people who fail during a booming economy. Yeah. So I think yeah. the circumstances in a capitalistic society like have really have bearing on whether or not you can perform and succeed at a high level. It's what you do with your time. So if you wanna get into action, and get creative, this training is going to be for you.
0: Yeah, right on, dude. No, I could only imagine. You just brought that up, and I, it just kind of hit my me- my mind. I couldn't imagine running a business during the Great Depression with all the resources. We got so many resources right now with social media, with what we're doing now, podcasts and all that. So there's so many more opportunities that businesses have to take a different tactical approach to be getting out there and selling their products. But, man, I could not imagine Mm-hmm. being a small business owner during that depression. Yeah. What
1: if nuts. you were a local restaurant right now,
0: Yeah. right? It yeah. has
1: no drive-through, right? Like, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Yeah. You're going to have to probably lay some people off because you got to make it, yeah. right? Take out a loan at a minimum to just keep things afloat. And hopefully this passes in 30 days. So again, what can you do? Are There are different ways that maybe you can build either a side hustle or change careers, whatever you got to do, what will work for you that you can feel fulfilled about, Um, and so I've got some opportunities that I'll I'll share within that if people are interested in learning more they can Um, but if nothing else the training will help them either keep their business afloat or set themselves selves up or when they turn the lights back on you can hit the round running.
0: Yeah, sweet brother right on Well, where's you know speaking of that reaching out to you? Where's the um, why don't you give a shout out to your social media handles and the best way to contact you?
1: Sure. The, so the best way to contact me is through, you can go through my website, which is www.thechargeforward.com. So that's T H E chargeforwardcom Um, so my business is charge forward LLC. Um, I, uh, have a Facebook, you can forward slash ChargeForward, Um, and, uh, you can find me at LinkedIn at, you know, LinkedIn forward slash Justin Boyum and that's B O Y U M. um, But uh, yeah, obviously, if you go on my website, there's an option there. I uh, give out the opportunity to get a quick traction uh, strategy session where we'll get on and I'll, you know, whatever goal you're working towards or whatever struggle you have, um, we'll work together and I'll get you a quick actionable tip that you can use right away, sales-free environment, um, and you can sign up for that right on my website Um, Mm -hmm. and I'll connect with you. And uh, again, if you are interested in learning more things from that point, I'll share with you how you can do that.
0: Yeah, dude, no, that's sweet. No, and I was buzzing around on your website before we went live on here. It's a really clean website, so it looks good. Yeah,
1: we really, that's the best way probably for someone to interact. Obviously, if, if this is able to get out earlier, that training will be a great way to interact and learn a little bit more, more about me and what my business can provide and the kind of training that you can get. Okay. Um, but what I, my message probably to anybody that listens to this, whether you're working with me or not, uh, the coaching space right now is it's a really valuable space and, and coaching is a little bit different than what I think a lot of people kind of conflate it with like counseling and therapy, right. but the idea of coaching is to move you forward and get you in the direction that you really want to be and help you reach those goals faster than you otherwise would. So whether it's with me or somebody else, I highly encourage that if you can are in a place where you can consider coaching at whatever level that is. Go get it because that's what the world's most successful people do. And you want to model yourself after people who are successful and successful people have coaches Um, and they have people helping them, whether it's uh, marketing coaches or they have a life coach or like a a physical coach that helps them with their fitness, whatever it is, they are letting other people pour into them so that they can focus on scaling their lives up. And so that's where the, the change is. So, again, uh, I'm not making that pitch necessarily for me. That's great if you want to have that conversation, but go get the help that you need. If you know you, that, you can, that you want to reach for more, go get the help.
0: Okay. Well, right on, dude. Well, I really appreciate that. So I think this has been extremely beneficial for some people out there. So right on. Is there anything else you want to hit on that you think we missed at all?
1: No, no, absolutely. Again, I want to thank you for having me on and uh, let the other veterans that might be listening to this, whether they're active duty veteran on their own business, uh, you know, you're part of the club still, so you're not alone. So, you know, stay connected.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We're right on, Justin. Well, that's sweet, man. Well, I'm excited to have you on the VRV and anybody listening, go and reach out, man. I think uh, you've got some awesome, awesome tools that people can use. (laughs) So thanks a ton, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man, for having me on, and uh, I hope we stay connected. Uh, you know, if there's anything else I can do to support uh, your your uh, your outreach, I'm happy to do so. so cool, man.
0: Yeah, you. we're we're definitely gonna be in touch. All right, brother. Well, you have a good okay. one, man. You as well. Bye. All right. Yeah.
1: Thank you for supporting businesses listed on the VRB. You can find this business and other vetted businesses and nonprofits at VeteransReferringVeterans.com. The listings on the website have been personalized with product photos and direct contact information. Thank you again for your support.